Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson, joined, of course, by my brother, Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. He is in Pennsylvania. I'm in the state of South Dakota, and today is Literature Wednesday. We are embarking on a journey today. That's... That's that didn't that didn't go well. Uh, we are kicking off chapter two of Doug Wilson and Doug Jones's book, uh, Angels in the Architecture. This is chapter two, and it is a cool chapter. Um, this I, it's so hard when you've got books like this that are covering fairly brand new concepts and principles. And are covering so much within one chapter, it's really hard to try and summarize what's in it and kind of give like an outline of what's going on and what are we going to be talking about and what are we covering, which is what I like to do at the beginning of the episode, just so that y'all know what you're signing up for within the first minute of hearing it. So, um, but today's episode, it's really hard to do that because this chapter, especially, it covers so, so much stuff. So <clears throat> I'll let you in just a little bit on our process behind the scenes. When we read through a chapter, we highlight a bunch of quotes that really stood out to us that were kind of our favorites that we really enjoyed, that we were like, hey, wow, that really gets across the point of this page or the last chunk of paragraphs. Because like we always say, there's no way we're going to get through everything that's in this chapter. And we don't want to because we want you to buy the book. So we don't want to cover everything in this chapter because it's just an appetizer to get you hungry for more. And then you buy the book. Yeah. So you buy the meal. So, so we don't want meal. to take away from Doug Wilson and Douglas, Douglas Jones's Jones. yeah. amazing work on this right. book. Yeah. And yeah. Ruin it all so, for you. Precisely. So, you know, so we've, we've got quotes that we really like we pull those out and we're like that's super interesting let's grab that highlight it okay then what i usually do for my notes is <clears throat> i collect all of those quotes together uh, on my tablet and i put them under headers so i group them categorically by what i think they pertain to so the categories are what we're usually discussing and while they are superficial uh as in i added them by deriving them from the chapter, they weren't original to the chapter. A lot of times, sometimes I'll use direct quotes and that'll be the, the section or the category. But what I try to do is derive, like I just said, derive those categories right from the chapter. So some of the categories that I have today is beauty is attached to the very nature of God, um, the church's failure to properly reflect this beauty, and then the victory of Christ allows for true beauty in this world. So those are some examples of like some of the categories I've put together. Today's episode was really difficult <clears throat> to categorize and to group things together. And I got to the end and there were just, I had so many extra quotes that just, I would have had to have like separate categories for all these different quotes. Anyways, all of that to say, there is a lot in this chapter. Um, it's only like 15, 20 pages long. So it's not super duper long word wise, but the concepts and the verses and the, the historical references and just everything that's involved. Um, this is, and I mean this, this is one of the most unique books we've ever read on this show. So all of that to say, check it out for yourself. Um, we're, we're using this time, this short amount of time on your Wednesday, our Wednesday, to pull out some of what we thought were the key parts of this chapter. But you may read this chapter and come across 
a totally different way of looking at it and be like, wow, okay, I got a totally different set of key principles from this chapter. Because it's one of those books where you can read this so many different ways. So get the book for yourself. Angels in the Architecture by Douglas Wilson and Douglas Jones. Read through it. Get it. We're not just, don't just gloss over it. Go to canonplus.com. Nope, canonpress.com. Sorry. <laughs> Go to canonplus too. That's a cool site. But canonpress.com is where you can get this book. Okay. They could um, probably get the audio version of the book on Canon Plus. On Canon Plus, yep. That's kind of what I do too, is I augment it. So I listen to the chapter one or two times on the audio book, and then I read through it. So then I'll like, as I'm listening to it, some of the quotes stand out and I'm like, Ooh, I want to remember that. So then when I read through it, as I'm reading through the physical book, then I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember that one. Let me highlight it. You know? Um, so that kind of gives you that general gist of it. So you can do both. Both are options. Um, so check that out. Also, we have a website, trdshow.net, and we're, we have a lot of stuff on our website too. And very, very shortly, we are in, I've been saying this for a little while now, but the exciting thing is we are making huge amounts of progress on this brand new feature. We're in the beta stages of this brand new feature on our website. Um, we're now having people test it. Um, I'm part of a network called kingdomcome.io. It's a wonderful network. Check it out, kingdomcome.io. Um, and I'm one of the founding members of that network. It, it's super cool in terms of the connections that I've made already. Anyways, a lot of people in there were really interested in trying out this new beta test um, and being a beta tester for this new feature. So, hey, if you're listening and you're in kingdomcome.io, you have the capability to test out this new feature on our website before anyone else does. So. I don't know. Check it out. We are super stoked to get that out. And hopefully we, we're working around the clock behind the scenes. Um, our mom is putting in a ton of hours helping us with this. Jake is putting time into this. I'm putting time into this. A ton of other people we know are putting time into this. It's a huge, huge undertaking. I'm going to spoil it just a little bit. We are literally <clears throat> creating our very own episodes library on our website. This is really exciting because you, once this feature goes live, will no longer have to go to Rumble, Gab TV, YouTube, or anywhere else besides our own website to get access to our content. It's very exciting. We are super excited. Um, this does a lot of different things. It makes it more convenient for you. You're not going around trying to find our episodes in the first place. Also, this makes searching for things so much easier. If you have a question about taxation and you're like, I know that they talked about this sometime within the last year and a half, then all you have to do is go to our website and type in a search and search for the uh, search for taxation and a whole bunch of episodes will come up and you should be able to find in that list episodes around taxation where we talk about that. So anyway, you can see, you can see how ecstatic he is about it. He hit his mic again. Yes. I hit my mic. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah how excited i am anywho um i'm gonna stop wasting time but it's really really cool so i can't wait till this is live all right <clears throat> so before we get into all this stuff talking about the ch chapter two in angels in the architecture we have to talk about our verse of the week and of course wednesday means jacob does that so you know jake do your thing dude uh yeah so like bruce said on monday uh we are not gonna go too much in depth onto this verse because we're going to be talking about it mainly on Friday, and it's basically going to be part of our entire episode. It's going to follow the our topic. Uh, so, and but 
I will still weed out the verse and give you a small little reminder. Snippet. Yeah, snippet, little thing. Um, and our verse this week, without without uh, going on for too long, I'll finally get to the verse. Uh, our verse this week is Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. And it says, Come to me, all, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And again, that was Matthew eleven twenty-eight through twenty. Sorry, twenty-eight through thirty. Uh, so my brief little bit on this verse. Of course, Bruce was talking about on Monday how this verse is talking about labor, and this verse is talking about. Um, your work, how there is labor for us to do, uh, and really this takes the takes the approach of getting rest from that labor. Um, and I think it's interesting that we sort of see a correlation here to us working six days out of the week, and then and then learning from God on Sunday. It says he says in the passage, "Learn from me." For I am gentle and lowly in heart. So taking rest from your work and learning. And some might consider that work in and of itself. Uh, but <laughs> sitting through an hour, hour sermon on Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is so much work. <laughs> yeah. So much work to stay awake, especially when they're preaching a limited gospel. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah. But I think. Kind of what I want to quickly and briefly say is that we need to be thinking about our work and how we can uh, make it biblically beautiful. According to this episode, right? Uh, well, staying in theme with this episode, we're talking about kind of biblical beauty, right? And we're, again, Angels in the Architecture, a book that is very much talking about the the beauty in architecture, the beauty in in things, uh, our work should emulate that as well. But what does that mean? That means we need to apply biblical principles to it. Our our work should also be nice. Like when we do something, it has to be nice. Say for me as a chef, okay, when I plate up my food, I can just I can't just throw it on the plate. I need to set it up on the plate. To make it look nice. Who's going to eat a, a, a burger that is all taken apart and thrown to the side of a plate? Or the plate is this big and you got a burger over here that's small. <laughs> that's like, what is going on here? Yeah. Um, so that is an obvious example. Or, for example, like, with the uh, TRD show website. <laughs> Who's yeah. going to use a website yeah. that is not... Uh... <laughs> Tested exactly, and exactly. constructed well, and yeah, yeah. So, just so trying to apply it. We're taking a lot of time with this. That's what I'm saying. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say we need to start working on trying to apply these types of principles, applying beauty to our work. And what does that mean? What does that mean for your individual work? Let us know in the <clears throat> comments what you do for a job and how you th think that this should apply. Yeah. So. Yeah. Great call and to action. passing it on to Bruce. Bravo. Bravo. That might be one of your best breakdowns yet. <laughs> Top notch. <clears throat> so, um, and we're going to talk about that verse a 
a lot on um, on Friday. That's kind of going to be our driving call to action verse that leads us into our discussion. Um, we're also going to be talking a lot about Doug Wilson's book, uh, Plot Activity. <clears throat> Funny title. He explains it um, actually <laughs> at the beginning of the book, which is cool. But anyways, it's really good. Are you uh, going over that in the <clears throat> tomorrow's episode? Sorry, uh, Friday's episode, episode, yes. Friday's episode. Yes. Uh, not the title so much, but some quotes from that book. So Okay, okay. That'll be cool. Yeah, Theology of Work, which will be neat. Then you um, get the book if you want to understand that title. Yeah, right. You're going to have to get <laughs> yeah. that book if you want yeah. to understand why it's yeah. called Plot Activity. You'll just, you'll never know unless you have your own copy of Plot Activity. Um, I want to kick things off with one quote to rule them all. This is the um, the, the, the main wrapping overarching quote that kind of ties this whole thing together so we were struggling to, i was struggling to try and like describe this chapter and then i had a few of those quotes that i was talking about earlier that it, they were kind of just like disjointed and i was like oh shoot i don't know what categories to put these under so i ended up i was like five minutes before we started recording jake and i are looking at our notes we're trying to get stuff ready and i'm like i don't know what to do with this and finally i'm like you know what I'm just going to pull out the first sentence of this quote, and that's going to be our descriptor for the episode. So here it is. Um, well, what, did, what did I say, though? I said it should just be a, be a section in and of itself. Yes. You were like, just give it its own, its own category. And I was like, yeah. well, I could do so we that. we did? <clears throat> we, actually, that's true. We, <laughs> okay, so I took your advice without even <laughs> being aware of it. So yeah, that was great. All right. All right, so here's one quote to rule them all. The descriptor of this chapter, page 24, Doug Wilson said, sound theology leads always to the love of beauty. That, I think, really nicely sums up this chapter. So this beauty is attached to the very nature of God. And this was made very, very clear throughout this chapter. Page 23 in the book, the book said, the holiness of God... <clears throat> is not so much a distinct attribute as it is the manifestation of all his attributes in all their splendor. As the color white is not a separate color, but rather all colors together, so the seraphim knowledge, um, uh, sorry, so the seraphim acknowledge all the attributes of God in their great triagion. Um, when called upon to speak concerning what holiness is like, they, talking about the prophets and apostles, overwhelmingly speak of the beauty of holiness, end quote. And then um, another quote from page 24, the next page, uh, and this kind of builds on that idea. But before I go into that, I'll just comment briefly on this last quote, because I thought that this was a really good way to describe this. You know, the color white is made up of all the other colors just combined, and we our eyes process it as the color white. I and see. ah, I didn't quite know what he meant by that, but yeah, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, and that's what the holiness of God is. It's kind of all of His attributes together, and we label that the holiness. We label that holiness, and it's a beautiful holiness. A page twenty-four. Doug Wilson said, "In a created world, beauty can only be reflected glory." Our world is filled with moons, and there is only one sun. As much as we would like the uh, aesthetic process to be originative, 
as much as we would like to be as God and create ex nihilo or out of nothing, we are left with the fact that mere man is not much. His breath is in his nostrils. In order to recover a sense of the beautiful, we must come to see it in connection with the other two uh, great questions. What is true and what is good? End quote. So that's, again, in case you missed it last week, those are the running three, this, the running theme throughout this whole book is the good, true, and the beautiful, <clears throat> the, the pillars of society, if you will. And this doesn't come from us. We reflect this from somewhere else. Any goodness, trueness, or beautifulness doesn't originate from us. Any glory doesn't originate from us, just as our appreciation of that doesn't originate from us either. So you'll notice that as people suppress in unrighteousness, they suppress the truth, their appreciation of beauty is also suppressed to the point at which we can call modern art, in quotes, we can call that art when it's obviously just disgusting and it's just, it's nothing. <clears throat> a a two-year-old could do better. Mm -hmm. All these people do is they throw splotches on canvas and they call that art. Then it goes um, for millions of dollars. Right, exactly. Yeah, there are fools who buy that garbage. If you were to look at, I mean, modern art, right? When you when you hear modern art, what do you think of? You think of the weird like shapes and stuff that are stacked on top of each other in weird ways just in the middle of the city, right? You find very weird stuff. And there's a reason it's called modern art. And it, it, at least to me, when I hear someone say modern art, I think of, oh, it must look terrible. It, must, it, it sort of yeah. seems like almost like a, a bad thing. It's like, yeah. oh, look at the modern It's a derogatory art. term. Like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Modern art. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, to the point at which in, in this book, he gives the example of a, an art museum where they're literally, they, someone, an artist, quote unquote artist, hung a toilet seat on the wall and called it art. Yep. We've descended yeah. into that insanity, that foolishness. So, and to be honest, like all of these things, it's like, all right, we see when we move away from, from uh, God's word, not only do we lose what is true. Right in what Bruce and I were talking about with um with presuppositional apologetics, we have no grounding for truth. We don't know what is good. We we yeah. we can't find out what is good. Yep. And then we also lose beauty. We lose what is beautiful. So. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <clears throat> so, uh, page twenty six, final quote under this heading of beauty is attached to the very nature of God. Uh, page twenty six, the book said, "God shines from His people." The perfection of beauty, Psalm 50, verse 2. Honor and majesty befit the Lord. Strength and beauty adorn his sanctuary, Psalm 96, verses 6 through 9. All these references to beauty are related in some fashion to the holiness of God, which in turn describe all that he is. End quote. All right. So a lot more was said about that, but uh, you'll be reading that for yourself. If not today, then hopefully tomorrow as you walk through this chapter yourself uh next section um i've categorized this under the heading of the church's failure to properly reflect this beauty so we acknowledge that the god we worship is a god of beauty his holiness is beauty um his creation is beautiful but as christians 
it's also our responsibility to reflect that beauty properly. <clears throat> but we're failing, obviously, in that. Um, on page 26, the book said, The only possible conclusion is that the church has forgotten the holiness of her God. He alone is true and he alone is good. If we understood this, we would understand how beautiful his holiness is. And we could not be kept from writing concertos and building cathedrals, end quote. Mm. Which is what the, um, the medieval Protestants did, right? They would do these yeah. incredible things that we look back on today and we're like, wow, that's amazing. That's beautiful. Um, that looks beautiful. That sounds beautiful. That's, you know, they did all of that because they understood the God they worshiped and they understood their position on this earth and their role as people who are supposed to be reflecting that beauty. And um, I think Bruce and I covered this when we did a topic episode on, uh, what is it? The third commandment? Do not take the Lord, the name, the name of the Lord in vain. Uh, and what does that mean? Like we went over all of the reasons and all of the things that that means. And one of them is that we, is that we carry the name of God with us when we call ourselves mm. Christians. Yeah. When we are not acting the way we should, we are taking his name in vain. Yep. Um, Yep. Something interesting. One of Bruce's one pastor, uh, Pastor Hanson, who we had on the show a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, the one, the one service that I was at that he was preaching, and he was going through. I think it was all of the Ten Commandments and showing all of us, all of us have not followed any of these. Yeah. Really, all of them we have broken. Uh and you know. Of course, you can always say, oh, taking the Lord's name in vain. Oh, we haven't we haven't done that. Nope, you have. You have. Yeah. Uh, yep. And in this way, too, uh, failing to properly reflect this beauty. I, it just reminded me of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a that's a really good point. It's a really good point. I'll wrap this uh, section up because we only got about eight minutes left. <clears throat> but um, this last quote is from page 33. And I think this this really kind of sums this, sums this whole concept up really well, that the church right now is failing to properly reflect the beauty and holiness of God. Page 33, the book says, We live in a time when the church has tired of her assigned... Uh, assigned task of pointing up at the kingdom of heaven for the last century or so. Um, the church has failed over this last century or so to instruct believers on their duty. Uh, I think it's in their duty of glorifying God through beauty. We've, we failed at that. We're not doing that anymore. That's not a part of the sermons that we listen to. That's not a part of mm -hmm. the books we read, the culture we live in. The um, Christian culture, especially, doesn't really care about that. We are so focused on preparing for the end of the world because we've misconstrued so much of the Bible that we think the end of the world is nigh. <clears throat> we couldn't be more wrong. But we live that way. The, the, the reason that we now live in the culture we live in is the predominance of premillennial eschatology. We are, we've seen a dramatic decline 
in people caring about the future, in people working for things that have longevity. Gary DeMar wrote a wonderful article on that, things working for longevity in the future. <clears throat> we don't work for that anymore. We don't work for this beauty because what's the use if it's all going to get burnt up anyways, which is completely wrong. God's not going to burn up this world. We're not working for things that are just going to be burnt up eventually. We are living right now in the new heavens and the new earth, and we need to act like it. We need to live like it. We need to live like Christ has victory. And that's why Doug Wilson and Douglas Jones spent us so much of this chapter talking about the victory of Christ. And so what I want to talk about is the victory of Christ allows for true beauty in this world. On page 27, the book said, When the devil offered our Lord the kingdoms of this world and the glory of them, the Lord refused him. But this was done not because he didn't want these kingdoms, but because he did not want them as a gift from the devil. His intention was to bind the strong man and take the beautiful plunder. End quote. Another quote that I just think is fantastic. Um, and as soon as I say this quote, you're going to start singing a song in your head. I almost guarantee it. Um, page 28, um, the book said, our Lord came in order to make his blessings flow as far as the curse could be found. Like a warrior in one of the old stories, he fell upon the adversary. The strong man was bound. His house was sacked like Troy. Only folly would return to that house, thinking to find any treasure there now. End quote. So, joy to the world is probably running through your heads. Um, mm -hmm. Now is a great time to sing that song. <laughs> I think that's yeah. a great song to sing any time of the year. Because <laughs> um, that song, if you read it, doesn't make a lot of sense unless you're a post-millennialist. It talks yeah. about the blessings flowing as far as the curse is found. But if you understand what the curse was, <clears throat> the curse was not the knowledge of sin. That was before the curse. The curse was that work and toil would be hard. The curse was that this earth would be groaning. That was the curse. This song, Joy to the World, talks about the undoing of that curse. The blessings flow as far as the curse is found. That's creation. That's the earth. That's our work becoming less and less uh, toilsome. <clears throat> That's the curse being undone. That song doesn't make a lot of sense unless you're a post-millennialist. Um, page 29, uh, the book said, We may say with gratitude and humility that the purpose of God in history is to redeem the world and to bring mankind up to maturity in Christ. What is man? And yet God has been pleased to set all things under his feet. We were created to make beautiful things in music, in stone, on canvas, in sculpted gardens, and in wonderful buildings. End quote. <clears throat> I'll wrap up with two quotes, which I think are just wonderful wonderful ways to end if you can wrap up an episode <clears throat> and spend the last 10 minutes of the episode talking about the victory of christ and how we are capable of doing so much in this world through the working of the holy spirit through christ in his kingdom expanding his kingdom even though it looks bleak now if you can remind yourself who is king and who is restoring this world and how far we've already come and how much farther we're going to go. There's nothing like it. It is one of the most hopeful things in the Bible. 
And coincidentally, providentially, it's one of the things that is mentioned more times than anything else in the Bible. <clears throat> Page 30, the book says, Since the kingdoms of men were first shaken to the ground and replaced with a kingdom that cannot be shaken, we have seen wonderful things. The advances in theology, architecture, painting, confessions, philosophy, literature, and music have been considerable. As his kingdom continues to grow, we may expect to see what eye has not yet seen. End quote. Finally, wrap up with a quote from page 32, um, where Douglas Wilson and Douglas Jones said, Modern man has not yet had beauty taken away from him, but in order to have beauty, it must now be borrowed in the context of Christian culture. This means that in repentance, he must now turn away from both modernity and post-modernity, end quote. And I'll kind of tack on to the end of that. If he wants to have true beauty, he has to turn away from modernity and post-modernity. He can't have true beauty unless he borrows it from the Christian worldview. Just like he can't have, as Jacob brought up presuppositional apologetics a second ago, he can't have truth, he can't have morality without borrowing it from the Christian worldview first. It's the same way with beauty. It's the same way with all the things that we inherently desire to live in a beautiful world, to have beautiful things, to look at beautiful paintings, to hear beautiful music. We inherently desire those things because that's from God. Um, we were created to demonstrate and, and, and reflect the glory of God through those beautiful things. But we can't have that without borrowing from a Christian worldview first. All right. Anything you want to add, Jake, before we wrap up? I was going to say perfect way to sum that up and to say that you cannot, you cannot have morality unless borrowing from a Christian worldview, because it is the unbeliever can say murder is wrong and murder is wrong. And that is true. Yeah. And that is correct. That, that is good. Um, however, exactly like what you said. Yeah. Why? How? Why do they think this? And really, it is because they are created in the image of God, right? They have the truth, yet they suppress the truth and unrighteousness. But they have the truth. They know what the truth is. Yeah. However, they slowly lose it. Mm. Uh, they, they are given over to a debased mind. Um, and you can see that perfectly in Romans 1. Yep. Yep. All right. Thanks, Jake. And with that, thank you also so much for listening or watching us today. Don't forget our show website is trdshow.net. Please contact us through that website. We would really love to hear from you. Don't forget, like this video, subscribe, do all the things that let us know you enjoyed this content and you watched it and you didn't hate us. Um, also send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so, so much for watching and we'll see you on Friday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.